Hello, everyone. Welcome to another BitCast special. Tonight, we're going to be looking back on our trip to E3. Uh, as followers may know, we took a short hiatus uh, due to some personal reasons after E3, but we wanted to kind of go back and talk about everything we saw, we played, we experienced, and our thoughts on it. Um, even though it's you know a short while after E3 now, basically all the games we saw and all the announcements and everything else that happened at E3 this year are still obviously coming in the future. We have a ton of titles that are coming later this year and into 2019. We got first looks at uh, you know several major titles. So we are just going to do a quick special, talk through our thoughts about the show itself, reflect on some of the conferences, and run down some of the uh, you know our favorite moments, favorite games, and some of the funny things that happened along the way. So tonight I'm joined by my uh, partner in crime, Bert Signs, as usual. And we're going to kick it off by just talking about our overall thoughts of the trip itself. Um, this was the first time for both of us attending E3. Uh, we had a, uh, a nice two-bedroom apartment just a mile down the road from the conference, and uh, we were there for the whole week. So we attended EA Play, every conference, all three days of the main conference, met a bunch of people, played a ton of games. Um, it was a blast. So we're going to still be putting up a lot of things on the site, including pictures, some more videos, and other things from the trip itself. Um, but I mean, Bert, for me personally, you know, I've uh, read about E3 for decades now, really, right? Um, and I've always wanted to do this trip. I had a blast. It was great getting to meet and see a ton of the people we always listen to or watch on TV. Um, the conferences were fun, and I think we'll run down some of the specifics. But, uh, you know, anything jump out to you about the trip itself that uh, you really enjoyed? Yeah, so first of all, it is a really fun trip. E3 is a great experience as, I guess, a convention slash conference, whatever way you want to look at it. It's just a lot to take in, a lot to do, um, even more if you're covering it from a media perspective. I think if we would have gone there just as fans and not be worried about footage or interviews or anything, would have been a different experience. But um, you know, every day we would leave, we'd be exhausted from walking um, countless miles all over the convention center. And then we'd be up till two or three in the morning uh, editing and doing stuff that got maybe two watchers. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> two, um, which is funny because we got more views on uh, off-screen uh, gameplay than we did on our uh, overviews of each day in conference, which is kind of unfortunate. But I guess that's expected since we're not a huge outlet or anything. But it was a blast. And it's uh, definitely uh, not for the faint-hearted if you're trying to get every little piece of the conference in. Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, you brought up a good point, is that this, uh, we've already done a recap of every conference. We covered all of those during the week of E3, and those videos are up on our site. Um, so if you want to see our thoughts on any individual conference or each day of the conference, uh, we have those recaps up as well. This is going to be more just a casual conversation around our general thoughts. So I kind of thought the same. It's definitely crazy. If you've never been there in person and you're planning to go in the future, um, you've probably heard before about how crazy it is, about how some of the lines can be, how many people there are. All of that is 100% true. Um, it, uh, at times it can be almost overwhelming, you know, it's like sensory overload. There's just so many booths, so many games, so many people, so many noises and sights and sounds, um, that you kind of have to figure out what you're going to do each day. Uh, you know, the one thing that jumped out to me is we like to pick up a lot of collectibles. If you follow us, you know that. Um, and so, you know, getting, um, not just the free things that are given away all over the place, but if you want to buy things, specific shirts or collectibles or things that are offered at E3, you should really plan to do that right up front because those things sell out pretty quickly. I know by the third day, all the Xbox stuff was gone, the E3 stuff was gone, the pops were gone, um, and the lines to get some of those things can be tremendous as well. So that's just one of the things uh, you know we learned along the way. But um, overall, absolute blast. Uh, we will definitely be doing this going forward. We we learned a lot in the way, as Bert was saying. You know, we were covering each day up to two and three in the morning. So. We've learned a lot around how we can cover, how we can interview, and uh, you know our production value will only improve from here on out. But um, why don't we go ahead, Bert, and just talk about you know some of our favorite things, some of the things that really jumped out to us. So when you think back on the convention floor, what do you or who do you think had the favorite, your favorite, excuse me, overall uh, booth or you know show setup, game setup? Yeah, so good question. Um, my favorite of the big three. Um, is probably going to be Microsoft solely because they have kind of their own event. They're at the Microsoft Theater, and you have everything to do there. It's laid out really well. It's kind of a small kind of crunched in area, but um, it's, it's funny. Out of the big three, I liked them all for different reasons. I thought Nintendo 
had the most fun booth. It was massive, massive screens. They had funny uh, outfits from each of the Smash characters. And then I thought Sony had a very artsy uh, type booth to where they had also a massive screen and they had massive uh, layouts of their main characters. So I thought they were all done really well. So um, out of the big three, I would, I would stick with Microsoft just from a convenient side. They had their own lines. They opened up a different time for everybody to come see if it was more convenient. Out of the smaller, um, I guess, uh, publishers Pub and stuff publishers. like that. Yeah. Um, I would stick with Ubisoft on that one. I liked it a lot. It was spread out. They had awesome statues, screens. They had online gameplay. The Just Dance um, <laughs> dance-a-thon, I guess you <laughs> the call stage, it. stage, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun um, just watching. I mean, they had all kinds of characters coming out that were a lot of fun. So I would go with Ubisoft this time. How about you? Yeah, in fact, I, I think I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I, from what I've read, this was the first year that Microsoft did the side stage. You know, they have their own Microsoft theater there where the conference was, um, and it's just right across the street. Um, but because they had their own space, it was kind of neat, right? Because they did all the um, pins you could get for each game, and they were selling their own uh, game-branded stuff, and there were the lines pretty much to play the games. I mean, we played Forza, played a bunch of indies like Below and Ashen, um, you could play Kingdom Hearts 3, Jump Force, Ori, Sea of Thieves, Battlefield. All those were the lines at the Microsoft Theater were a lot shorter than they were in the main hall to play those, some of those same games. So I thought that was neat. Um, but I agree with you as well. Uh, from a publisher side, Ubisoft, I think, had the, the best setup. Um, they had a huge space with a stage in the center and giant screens, right? So on top of like the Just Dance thing you mentioned, remember we watched the uh, Rainbow Six Siege tournament between the developers and some of the pro teams or pro, uh, streamers, pro streamers. Um, they had a separate section for each of their games, including Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, Skull and Bones, um, Trials Rising, and um, one other thing I'm forgetting right now, but it was it was really neat how they had it set up regardless. Uh, but you're right, Nintendo's booth was, um, from a design standpoint, was really, really well done. It was big and bright and colorful and loud, and obviously with these gigantic screens highlighting Smash Brothers, because that's what everyone was essentially there to play. Um, and the Nintendo Direct Treehouse was right kind of above it, too. Remember, it was on the second floor of the stage, which was really neat as well. Yeah, so, one thing that I, about the, the big three that I thought was really cool is each one of them... Uh, kind of explain their conference. So if you think of the Sony conference, they focus on those exclusives. And when you get to the Sony area, it was on those exclusives. When you got to Nintendo, I mean, I think Nintendo spent 25 minutes on Super Smash Brothers. It was all about <laughs> Smash Brothers. And then when you went to the Microsoft Theater, they had exactly what they talked about in their conference. I mean, they had 20 different screens with Battlefield. They had Forza upstairs. They had uh, Tomb Raider. And they had pretty much every game that they showcased in their conference mm -hmm. playable, or at least you could see something about it. So I thought it was really cool how they presented it. Yeah, that's a good point. And the games, you know, you could play like Division 2. Um, I think, mm -hmm. trying to remember, but I think, uh, no, they had some Division 2 boosts at Ubisoft as well. But um, anyway, uh, yeah. And then on, one of the things I liked about Sony as well, two things actually. Uh, well, if you, are interested in Spider-Man, which nearly everyone is. They had a massive, really oh, cool Spider-Man booth, which was yeah. really neat. Um, they also had a, a stage presentation where they were playing videos and doing some live things uh, throughout the three days of the conference, of the main conference. But they also had uh, mascots, all of their famous mascots. They had people dressed up and walking around you could take pictures with. So they had um, Aloy, and they had um, Kratos and Atreus, and they had, uh, what, Ratchet. And um, probably the ghost, the ghost from Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, they had the samurai. Yeah. Samurai, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think all three from a booth perspective were really neat. I just think um, from a standalone trying to play games and see stuff perspective, uh, Microsoft was definitely the easiest in that regard. Um, but again, they have their own theater, so it makes it a little easier <laughs> in that sense. Um, so out of the major conferences, I and mean, I don't think we talked about this when we recorded our recaps, but what was the most disappointing one for you? Like what conference did you think really didn't show a whole lot? So um, this one's really strange for me. So EA in general was kind of disconnected from E3 to me, um, and which is kind of funny because I, I guess you would consider EA play the booth. Um, I had a lot of fun at EA play, believe it or yeah. not, but their conference was really poor. Um, and like I said, it was weird because it was on Saturday. It was different. But um, I think for me, the conference that I disliked the most 
was Bethesda. And I know a lot of people give this conference an A plus. It was their favorite. Oh my gosh. But it was, it was a mess for me. Uh, from the live music performance, the people that were there were like, what is going on right now? That was um, funny. You could see people looking around like, uh, yeah, we were watching it live and you could see people kind of scratching their head. They were looking at each other. What's going on. There was the weird uh, presenters that came out to talk about rage too. Um, mm. Uh, they were just the chemistry between the two of them was really weird. There was a really short guy that had to be about five foot. The tall guy was like six foot six or something. <laughs> so it was, it was just really strange. And then at the end, the way they finished it out um, was really about games that we don't even know anything about. There was two 32nd uh, trailers before was it Starfield. And I guess the next elder Scrolls game, yep. we don't even know if they're going to be this generation. So those I think are three to four years out, maybe longer. Uh, they just told us that we're working on it. And so the only thing that was exciting about it was the Fallout thing. And I think a lot of people already knew Fallout was coming, so there wasn't really anything exciting about it. We finally got to see some of it, um, and that was about it. I was kind of let down by it. Mm. How about you? What, what, what didn't you like? Yeah, I agree with you for the most part in Bethesda, which is kind of funny because I really like Todd Howard. I think he's very personable, and I really like the deep dive they did on Fallout 76, which... I wasn't originally too interested in, despite being a Fallout fan, but I am more now. Um, I think you likely recall when we did watch it live and uh, they showed Elder Scrolls at the end. It was like that 30 second just video of nothing. And I, you know, I love Elder Scrolls, but I, I was like, and so many people are excited about it. But I was like, what, what was that? You didn't even need to show that. We know you're working on Elder Scrolls 6. That was a complete waste of time. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of odd. Um, I think um, EA, I would agree with you. Um, EA Play was excellent. Had a lot of fun in EA Play. We got some cool loot. They were giving stuff out. The Anthem demo we got with the producer was fantastic. Um, you could walk up and play most of the games pretty quickly. We played Battlefield there as well. Um, but I just think um, it, it is kind of odd that it's it's nowhere near the convention. You know, what's that, like a 20, 25-minute drive, right, in Hollywood? Um, and it's also on the Friday and Saturday beforehand, like you said. So that was a little odd. They didn't really show. They showed one new original, but not not too much of it and uh, nothing really big. Otherwise, just, you know, we're back to sports titles again. So um, from Nintendo standpoint, when we talked about the recap of Nintendo, I did like the deep dive they did on Smash Brothers. For the Smash Brothers fans who really get into the details of that game down to like the frame of each movement, I thought that was really cool, but for the overwhelming majority of your audience, uh, to spend 25 minutes on Smash Brothers and only, what, 25 minutes, 30 minutes on the entire rest of the Nintendo Direct, I thought was a little odd, uh, especially with some of the no-shows we'll talk about, like Metroid. And then um, Sony Sony's show was the games are fantastic. Love seeing the games, Last of Us 2, I could rave about forever. Um, but the show itself was incredibly odd. I don't know what they were going for there. The, you know, the feeling of watching that live where they would go from this fantastic 10-minute demo of Last of Us 2 to three people sitting in this little desk um, who don't even really seem to have any knowledge of gaming uh, was was a extremely strange I, I it really broke up the excitement you know you go from last of us and then you staring at these people talking for a few minutes and they, they it, it kind of ruined it for me sadly so i don't know overall i think uh there's a combination of them but some of my thoughts there yeah if you watched sony live or if you were present at sony if you were uh, some kind of a journalist or something um it was not a very good experience from uh, even we saw people live tweeting um talking about how disjointed it was it was very very long um because of the constant changes of things if you watched the recording of it and everything was cut up you would think sony had the best thing ever because of, of the way they did they presented things from a recording and cut perspective but yeah we watched it live so it was very um disjointed for us and so the content was great. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima was beautiful. Last of Us was beautiful. I mean, it was it was great to see uh, their lineup coming from an exclusive perspective. But I I would give uh, Sony a B um, because of what they did. I don't think it's horrible. At the same time, I don't think it was the best thing ever. Yeah, and the the strange thing we don't have to harp on this, but the strange thing is prior to when we talked about this previously, I think, but prior to the conference, the four games they were going to highlight was Last of Us Two, Ghost of Tsushima, Days Gone, and Spider Man. Right, the deep dives, and then they were going to have a trailer for Death Stranding. Um, something happened because in the conference, Days Gone was a no-show at all. And instead, we got a, they call it gameplay, but it's not really a Death Stranding where that video was just, again, other than about 30, 45 seconds at the end, it was just uh, Reed, uh, Norman Reedus just walking, 
you know, yeah. walking in different environments. So it was that was kind of odd as well. I think if it wasn't for, I mean, Spider-Man is coming very soon. We know it's good. We played it and we can touch on that. But um, I think that if it wasn't for how beautiful Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima looked, that would have really been a, a fault. So good thing they had those to kind of lean upon. Yeah, um, the the only good part of the Death Stranding trailer for me was the music they used. Um, the rest of it was a waste of time. Uh, just more walking, walking simulator, as everybody jokes about. Um, nothing really new outside of maybe seeing some game footage of what it would may, maybe look like from an art style. But it's uh, it's typical Kojima. We're going to be kind of left stranding on. Oh details. my goodness! And I was going to say, don't don't get me started mm -hmm. on Kojima. We'll just move on. Um, <laughs> So the, uh, what do you think was your, you know, favorite overall conference? Uh, I would have to say Microsoft and not because, you know, we love Microsoft here in general, but because they had the most content up. I think we're at the point in this generation, which is where we're at the end and we want content. We want to see actual things playing. We want to see dates coming. We want to see when something is releasing. We want to see what people are working on. And out of all the big three and all the other, uh, publishers, I think they have the most to offer for what we have. We have something to look forward to in the future. We have something around the corner. Um, and then we have a ton of whether it be console exclusives or uh, marketing exclusives that are coming out. We have a lot coming from Microsoft and we finally seeing them turn the page from maybe some weaker conferences in the past. So I was really happy to see that. I think they delivered on exactly what they said that we're going to. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Um, you, you pretty much nailed it. Um, I agree with you. I think that if you actually take a step back and look at the content, as you said, there was something like 51 games on the X during the Xbox conference and on uh, Sony's there was like 12 or 13, something like that. Um, and now obviously Sony did a lot deeper dives on some of their bigger games, which uh, were fantastic. But I think the combination of the content um, the studio acquisitions, which I will touch on, was a huge shock and surprise. Um, followed by, he even, uh, Phil Spencer even mentioned Scarlet, which is the next generation Xbox they're already working on. Uh, and they also, um, you know, unveiled a lot of Japanese exclusives, not exclusives, excuse me, Japanese first time shows, right? So, um, <laughs> why do I keep messing this name up? Sekiro? Uh, Sekiro. Sekiro. I keep saying Sekiro. Um, Sekiro, uh, Devil May Cry 5, Jump Force. I mean, there was a lot that kind of showed they're turning the page in that support uh, in this generation, which I think is good. So it was an excellent show. It was long, but it was completely content-filled. And uh, getting to be there in person was absolutely fantastic, which I'll touch on as well. So really uh, quick, Ains, before you jump on that, one thing that um, was mentioned at E3 that a lot of people kind of glossed over that they didn't talk about, but it is now in the news nonstop is their cloud performance mm -hmm. and how that might affect streaming in future consoles, which is now the rumored uh, Scarlet console that is kind of a big deal uh, as to they might have different SKUs. And so we'll touch on that probably on a different, um, maybe it's a whole topic on one of our bitcasts, but uh, cloud gaming may be a big deal and Microsoft is leading the charge just from a technology perspective. And like I said, a lot of people didn't get, I forgot the lady's name, but she was very well-spoken and maybe almost too well-spoken from a technical standpoint to where um, there's a lot coming in the future from Microsoft technology-wise. So I was very impressed with that. It's a great point. Um, and we've talked about how Microsoft, now that they're truly serious about gaming, and again, this is a whole nother topic, which you just said, but the the fact that they are, they have all these resources when you think about Microsoft as a company that Nintendo and Sony just frankly don't. And there's, it always seemed bizarre to us. And I think we've mentioned this before that they weren't leaning on some of those resources for the future, which now it seems like they are. So you're right, the rumor. Uh, you know, is that we're going to have two SKUs, one dedicated streaming next-gen Xbox, and then, a, you know, probably with a 4K drive as well. So we'll see. But um, great topic for a future conversation. So what do you think, um, you know, what do you think was the biggest surprise? Uh, you think about the whole week we went through, all the conferences, everything we saw. Uh, what would you kind of chalk up as your biggest surprise of the week? So this is me fanboying anime in major ways. Okay, we're um, going to move on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, happened at the Microsoft conference, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
But Jump Force, uh, I, I had no idea this was in the works. Now, when I mentioned surprises, a lot of the stuff that were big surprises to a lot of people that don't follow the industry, they were kind of leaked. We knew about it. We knew it was coming. We just didn't know when or how. So they, I wasn't surprised by a lot of those things. But Jump Force, completely out of nowhere. The cast that they had was some folks from Dragon Ball Z. They had Naruto in there. And they're all being thrown into one big fighting game. So. If you care about anime, if you care about any of the characters, and they've released more characters via trailer since E3, uh, we got to see it play and everything. I'm not sure if I'm liking the gameplay, but the game that has been worked on in Super Secret was a massive surprise for me from Bandai Namco. Yeah, and the funny thing is, um, you know, being at the Xbox conference, when that trailer hit, I think I remember telling you right when I walked out of it is, Jump Force was like the loudest response during that entire conference. And you think about some of the announcements of that conference from Halo Infinite, Gears 5, the studio acquisition, Cyberpunk, which we'll get to. Um, the, the crowd went absolutely bonkers for Jump Force. So I think uh, you, you are not alone in your opinion that that was one of the biggest surprises. Yep. Um, for me, I think two things really. And again, I, this kind of leads back to us believing that um, Microsoft had the best conference overall. Uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 reveal, sitting there watching, you know, knowing that the end was coming to the Xbox conference, and you're sitting there watching Phil speak, and mid sentence, the entire stage went black and rained down, kind of almost Matrix style, right? Like this red kind of color came in. And that led into the cyberpunk intro and that one minute and I don't know, 80 second trailer we got out of that conference. That was by far the biggest surprise. And I know, I think I joked before, I was a little further to the back and me and this other guy who was behind me just going nuts. He was loud as hell. Um, me and him were like going nuts as soon as this, uh, as soon as this um, trailer was shown because I knew what it was and you could see the CD Projekt Red thing. So I think that was a gigantic surprise. Even though we kind of thought cyberpunk would show up we didn't think uh, it would be unveiled in that way. And I thought that was fantastic the way they did that. Yeah, the unveiling of the game was the the big surprise. And it was actually done very impressively, as you mentioned. Seeing the game there, we knew it was going to happen either on the Sony or Microsoft stage. We just didn't know which one. So that's why it doesn't make mine. And that's why I nerd out on some anime. <laughs> the only other one, um, which is kind of a tie of two here, um, is the studio acquisition. So we know that Microsoft was talking about acquiring Playground Games. And we know they were talking about getting very, very serious about, uh, you know, investing in the future of gaming for Xbox. But what we didn't know is beyond Playground Games, which they finalized at E3 and confirmed that the rumor was true, they were purchasing them and opening the initiative their what they call Quad A Studio, which makes no sense, but we'll move past it. Quad A Studio in Santa Monica. Uh, they announced three other studio acquisitions. So Undead Labs was not that much of a surprise. State of Decay has been a huge success uh, for Undead Labs on the Xbox platform. State of Decay 2 has already got millions of players. But the fact that they also acquired Compulsion Games, makers of We Happy Few, which releases here in a few weeks. Um, and the biggest surprise was Ninja Theory, a, a studio that traditionally has leaned towards more of a second-party uh, second studio for the PlayStation or Sony. Um, you know, if you think about their past, uh, Heavenly Sword, um, Heavenly Sword, right? I'm not misquoting that. That, that is correct. Okay. Yeah. Heavenly Sword and then Hellblade obviously released on PC and PS4 last year. So um, just that really kind of shocked everyone. I can tell you sitting in the crowd because they actually announced them one by one. And so, you know, they announced the initiative and Playground Games and everyone's like, yeah, we kind of knew that. And then it was like, oh, and we got Undead Labs. Okay, cool. And I was like, oh, and we got Ninja Theory and we got... Uh, compulsion games and people were just kind of blown away so i think those were probably the biggest surprises for me yeah a lot of good stuff coming from the studios they think they're lining themselves up for a great launch for whatever their next console date is going to be whatever the name is going to be i know it's a uh, project scarlet right now or scarlet i guess we'll call it so um yeah i think it's going to be great and i thought that was a great surprise i didn't see that coming at all i don't think it was on any of our predictions no me neither so let's uh, get a few laughs in here. So we had a lot of funny moments during the week um, for a number of different reasons, as you would expect. So why don't you um, kind of share some of those that you were thinking of? Can't make this stuff up, folks. Um, <laughs> our stuff was, uh, we had a lot of like funny and fun moments at E3. It was the stuff that happened outside of E3 for me that just, 
me and Ains always joke. I mean, we 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 should be on a reality show or something because it's just crazy stuff that happens. So, for us, for me, the funniest but not funny moment is all the technology that constantly failed us or was forgotten or something that was happening. We had some lighting at the uh, at our hotel that constantly would die within 20 minutes, and we would charge the batteries for like five hours. We had lights go out on us, like backup lights would not work for us. Um, we forgot, or I should say, I forgot my memory card the first day of E3 for my camera. <laughs> um, then the other day, I forgot my wrist strap to hold the camera properly. So it was just a lot of like noob mistakes, I guess you could call it. And technology failures were, I guess, some of the ones that kicked it off. And then the funny one that's also not funny is we had a fire alarm go off at our hotel at three o'clock in the morning after like just going to sleep an hour before that um, for a solid 30 to 45 minutes. And so we went back to sleep and had to get back up to get back to E3 at a decent time, uh, only a few hours later. So can't make this stuff up, like I say. Yeah, I agree with you. Recording at like 2.30 in the morning and both of us kind of just tired, drunk, and uh, just having every light we tried to set up to record in front of a camera just continu continually fail was... Uh, hilarious looking back on it it wasn't hilarious at the time um i had a few moments that were kind of funny um <clears throat> so you and i were sitting there kind of at the ubisoft booth looking at skull and bones and some other games and i just happened to mention sea of thieves to you because we were talking about something and some random dude just walks over to me out of nowhere and says uh sea of thieves is made by rare that's not here at ubisoft i just said thank you and let him move along um <laughs> we had a security issue where Apparently, there was some kind of threat that happened on day one. So we went back on day two with our same exact bags that we were wearing on day one. And we got into a lovely, what, half an hour long, I'll say, conversation with security, um, which ended in us, no joke, uh, cutting an arm off of each of our backpacks. So they were only one armed instead of two. And they let us in with the exact same uh, content and bags. But there was yeah. something about no backpacks allowed. So we literally took a knife and cut off the arms of our packs to carry in them one handed. Yeah, one handed uh, bag is no longer considered a backpack, folks. So that is now <laughs> a side bag. I don't know what that was. But we had people walking in with these massive purses next to us. and big laptop, yeah big massive things and to them that was not a backpack but we had a backpack that was literally the size of you can put a, a tiny notebook in and that was considered a backpack so we weren't allowed to enter with that and that was holding our camera and um, a couple other things just like snacks and stuff so it was silly yeah bizarre and then uh, one of the funny things i pointed out which was both fantastic and hilarious is that we saw both miyamoto um, uh, you know, absolute legend in the industry and Reggie, uh, current head of Nintendo. Um, but, uh, you are not allowed to take pictures, not only not with them, but of them. So Miyamoto was walking kind of towards us. He was about a couple feet away from me and I went to lift my phone to just take a picture of him. And they're surrounded by a wall of bodyguards and people with him. And they quickly told me to put the phone down and you weren't allowed to take a picture. And the same thing happened with Reggie when we were at a, uh, a developer, um, uh, co-play we were playing strange brigade with rebellion games and reggie happened to be walking by and i went to take a picture and the same thing happened so i i don't know what nintendo is is doing with their people i don't know why you can't take pictures of them but uh that i found that kind of hilarious as well it's nintendo i mean I, I i'll be honest with you guys i i'm losing a lot of faith in nintendo in general just with everything that's going on with them but i have two things that were funny that i completely forgot to even think about until i was thinking about walking around the conference but remember when we went to the mini neo geo uh play <laughs> booth <laughs> and you're like oh man that's really cool and then i think you were gonna ask like how much is there is it purchasable yeah, i want to buy it yeah they yeah. spoke zero english and just started handing us like business cards and like, hey, do this and do that. And I'm like, what, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> How do you show up to LA at E3 and not speak English? Like he literally only spoke Japanese. Uh, I don't know what I was supposed to do. That's funny. And then the last funny part was when we went to the five hour, hour energy drink booth like six times <laughs> to stay awake after being like half asleep throughout the time. And they were the nastiest flavors ever. We're like, oh, it was just... It was gross. Yeah, for you guys out there who drink those on a daily basis, I don't know how you do it. I don't understand it. Those well, we things got are disgusting. There was like a peach flavor, like a berry flavor or something. And I don't know. It was terrible, but we needed it. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so uh, one one of the other funny things too, walking around is obviously cosplay. You know, there's um, there's obviously the paid cosplayers for uh, 
some of the studios and, and publishers, but then there were just people cosplaying, of course. So what cosplayers stuck out to you? Do you see anything really cool that you thought? Everything at Bandai Namco was great. They had Soul Calibur folks there. They had Code Vein characters that were in full costume. Um, it's a very nice looking costumes, I might add. Um, and that was pretty fun. But the other booth that was a lot of fun was the Bethesda one for Fallout. So they were kind of in their period clothing, I guess what would have been the 50s or 60s. And they were in full character, um, as were the Sony guys. I, I, Aloy came up to Ames and was oh, asking, no. was asking, oh, no. <laughs> was asking what kind of food he had on him. And Ains at first was like, "Oh, hey, I got a protein bar if you're really hungry." And to come to find out, she was just messing with him in character and talking like some five year old. Because Aloy, when you play as her in the game, her communication skills aren't the best, and she has never really communicated with other people outside of her, I guess, her paternal father. But um, yeah, there was a lot of cool cosplays. I the one I think you're going about to talk about was a guy from Dark Souls that was yeah. done really, really well. Yeah, there. I agree with you on Bandai Namco. They had some great Soul Calibur and uh, Code Vein uh, players, especially the Code Vein <laughs> person that you were alluding to. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, there was a, a guy dressed up as Solaire, just a regular kind of gamer that was there, and he had it head to toe, Solaire from Dark Souls. And I asked him if I get a picture with him, and he said sure. And sure enough, he did the praise the sun pose in the picture, and it was just a lot of fun. So a lot of cool people walking around. There's a really good Mega Man. Remember? He oh, looked yeah. just like yeah. Mega Man. I mean, full head to toe. Um, There's a few people in Fortnite outfits, too, which I thought was kind of fun. Mm -hmm. The funniest thing about the Fortnite booth was the dude walking around as the bush. Remember, it's just a bush <laughs> with legs. He's just like stalking <laughs> around the whole booth. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was so, fun. Some good stuff. All right, so I had on here for us to talk about, uh, but I see neither of us have anything written down. So most, I got something now. But yeah, oh, you do? Ahead. Okay, yeah. so most disappointing title. You know, the title that... You came into E3 hoping to see, hoping to know more of, we're really excited about, but just came out flat. What do you got? So the one that, um, and this is not uh, not the stuff that just didn't show up at all in conferences, but the one that I was looking to see more of was Hitman. Um, and they had like a really cool booth. Um, they had- <laughs> I hit uh, you with a fish. Yeah, and I went the wrong way on the hit too, which was funny. Um, and they had like even like a little rubber ducky that you get on the way out uh, for taking a picture and just stopping by the booth. But there was no gameplay. Uh, there was nothing to see. They released a trailer right before uh, E3 started, and I guess they figured that was going to be good enough. Um, but I, I don't. I mean, everything else you could actually see, put your hands on, play. Um, some games that got too much uh, press, like Kingdom Hearts three. It was just everywhere. Um, but yeah, that that for me was what I I was excited about it. I was hoping to see more because the first one kind of had a, a really rocky launch, and then the studio went under, and then they kept the studio together. And so I was expecting something big, but it was just kind of flat. I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it. It was a fun booth, but you're right in terms of gameplay or getting to to experience, it, especially for a game that's launching later this year, right? Yep, it's this year supposedly. There's no firm launch date, but it just says fall. Yeah, so, yeah, that's kind of strange. Uh, the only one that really popped in my head, and I feel bad even saying this because it's probably going to be an excellent game, is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And the only reason I say that, um, and I think you and I kind of mentioned this at the show because we got some footage of it and watched it a bit, but despite the Greek setting, um, it looks incredibly similar to Origins uh, just from a design perspective and the movement of the characters, everything, the combat, like I stood there and watched it for quite a while and I just didn't really see anything that jumped out to me other than the setting that was uh, vastly different from origin. So I, I don't know how that one's going to turn out. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a, an excellent game. Origins is a fantastic game. So, I mean, even if they do that again, it'll probably be an excellent game, but it just seemed like, um, you know, we're, we may be back in that stretch where there's another Assassin's Creed a year later that really doesn't innovate uh, much compared to uh, the prior one. Yeah, Odyssey had a fun booth. They had fun swag that they were handing out. They were giving out the whole helmet. Um, but when you, yeah, you're right. When we watched it play, it looked exactly like the same assets and everything from Odyssey. Um, just a different time pl uh, place. I think some people have even like looked at the footage and found like the same exact textures and everything between two games. And if it's a good game, it might be like the Assassin's Creed um, Revelations uh, game that came out that was more of just a copy of another one of the Assassin's Creeds with the same character of Ezio, um, which I didn't care for as much as other people love it, but that's what they ended up doing with the series. So maybe they're doing something similar here, same thing, and we're getting a new true game of Assassin's Creed on the next uh, generation of consoles, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it would be interesting. 
So the the only other thing before I get to our favorite games and kind of our outlook into 2019 is uh, the only thing I wanted to mention is because we we are required by law to mention it on every BitCast is Fortnite um, is that the Fortnite the Fortnite booth was massive and hilarious. So as you would expect from currently the biggest game in the world right now, they had an entire corner of the convention center just for Fortnite, not Epic Games. Not everything Epic's doing, just Fortnite. And they had a stage show where you could go up and dance and do other things. They had contests going on all week. They had a um, motion capture studio where you could put yourself in the game, you know, multiple boosts for that. They had stations set up with Xbox, PlayStation, and PC players all playing together and winning prizes. They had tons of swag from foam pitchforks and cups and all kinds of stuff they were handing out. They had things you could buy, all kinds of shirts and other memorabilia. Uh, the people walking around, like I said, the bush, and they had a rideable llama, almost like a mechanical bull, but it was a llama, which was absolutely hilarious. It was just, you know, I'm not even the biggest Fortnite fan. We've talked about it endlessly, but the, the booth itself was fantastic. And I, I think it's very, very smart of Epic Games to capitalize on that at E3, but I thought it was just a lot of fun as well. Uh, so so good on them. It was really neat to see. Yeah, that was the funny thing for me. Such an amazing booth, such a, a, a great presentation from everything they built and everything. All for a game that you can get for free and play on any console. <laughs> right. Right now. You, I mean, you were at E3 and you could literally be playing it at home or on your Switch for, for all, uh, um, all the announcements yeah. that happened for that right there. There was actually people playing on the floor a few times. So it was just kind of weird for people to see all this new stuff, but they're crowding around Fortnite. So. Yeah, that was hilarious. We kept joking about it. It's like there's all these new games, all these games that haven't released, all this other stuff, and you guys are crowding around a game you could go home and play right now. So very strange. But anyway, all right, so let's get to the, the meat here. So a lot of games shown, tons of games coming out either later this year or well into 2019 or even beyond when we're talking about things like maybe Cyberpunk. But what were – we're going to do five each, I think. Hopefully that should cover it. But what? let's start with your first favorite title um, that's upcoming that you saw or played or, you know, whatever at E3 was unveiled at E3. Uh, my favorite uh, that was unveiled. So this is going to be kind of a surprise to you, I think. Um, and it is Division 2. Yes. And, and let, me, let, me <laughs> let me explain why. <laughs> I went in thinking it was going to be just another expansion of whatever a game. Saw the trailer of it, once again, whatever. But then when I saw it actually being played, and we tried it and played it as well, I was like, wow, this game looks fantastic. It plays really well. It was in numerous places at E3. So you could play it at the Microsoft Theater. You mm -hmm. could play it at E3 Ubisoft. And then you could also play it at the Mixer Station. And so it was all over the place. And I was extremely impressed with it. Um, I thought it looked really cool. And then the game that graphically blew me away was Forza Horizon. Um, it is You're beautiful. Putting in two entries? We're supposed to go one at a time here. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, I, I, I'm doing something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep with Forza. Forza no, is great. I'm just going to say Forza looked beautiful, and they had a really fun uh, station that you could ride in, and it was full of motors and everything, and it would move you around with sound and full surround. It was, it was nuts. Yeah, so they had that crazy, like, what? Who knows, right? Thirty, forty thousand dollars set up at the mixer booth you could play. Mm -hmm. um, but we both played it at the Microsoft event, and the neat thing was um, was that they you got a what two three minute experience of each season, which is the highlight of Forza Horizon Four. So you got to play each season, and if you did some simple tasks uh, in each season, you got a free T-shirt as well. So both Bert and I have a. Uh, Forza Horizon Welcome to the Festival t-shirt from Microsoft, which was really neat. It took Bert two tries, but um, go ahead and move on on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I agree with you on Division 2. In fact, that was almost on my list. Uh, my son's been playing a lot of Division 1 again, and I actually updated it and played it briefly with him the other day. Just a fantastic game. Massive has done such a tremendous job of taking Division 1 and evolving it over the past year and a half or so since it launched uh, that I think Division 2 is going to really be fantastic. And I just hope, I'm sorry if I make anyone mad by this, I hope they don't bungee it and screw up Division 2, kind of like Division uh, Destiny 2 has been. So we'll see, but I hope. I think the game that um, left me with one of the biggest impressions, probably because we got to do the behind-the-scenes demo of it and, you know, the talked to the producer, I actually shook his hand and asked him a question about the game. We got to see Bioware play. It was Anthem. We were already excited for this game, 
but getting to see a full 15 minute, 12, 15 minute, whatever it was, a full mission with a bunch of different enemies, a boss, uh, four players playing together, different, you know, skill levels and equipment and um, javelins, I believe they're called. It was incredible. It looks fantastic. The world and the scope and scale of it is, uh, you know, really, really impressive, M much more so than Destiny. And I think this game, it's been said a million times, but I just think this game is really aiming to capitalize on the Destiny uh, formula, but to take it to the next level. And I think they are in very good shape to do that. So I was really impressed by it. I, I cannot wait for February when it releases. Yeah. Um, funny enough, when we were uh, watching Anthem, the thing that blew me away the most outside of the emissions and graphics was the sound. The sound was yeah. epic in that game. And if you have a theater at home, like I, I know you do, Ains, I don't, um, you're going to be mind blown by the sound in this game. It's it's just epic. Yeah, um, I don't have neighbors close to me, but I'm still going to aim to wake them up. <laughs> <laughs> um, a game that I was actually impressed with that I we didn't get to play, but we saw plenty of was Resident Evil 2. Um, mm. I, I liked it a lot. I thought we, was this leaked ahead of time? If not, I, I was not surprised by it because I'd heard in the rumors, I can't remember what it was, but um, seeing it played, I thought it was just going to be just a skin, like a 1080p, oh cool, you got 60 mm -hmm. frames per second. It is a complete remake um, and it was really cool to see. They had a really cool booth yep. um, and it was a lot of fun to see, but um, I've seen gameplay footage of it now. Can't wait to get my hands on it. I'm a big Resident Evil fan, so um, I'm hope really looking forward to playing that again because that was one of my favorite Resident Evils originally in general. Yeah, I think uh, completely agree. That booth was amazing, and it was the max line almost all week, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was like hours wait to get into that thing because it was almost like a haunted house type thing, <laughs> um, police station, uh, not haunted house. But um, yeah, I think that. Uh, I don't think I'm making a jump here by saying that Resident Evil 2 and maybe Code Veronica are probably two of the most beloved titles in the whole series. And to your point, it is a complete remake. It looks like a this generation game. Like yep. it was built for this generation. Even the physics have been completely redone. So uh, very excited for it. Um, completely agree with you. I think uh, my next one is going to be Gears of War 5 or Gears 5. It was kind of funny the way they unveiled it because originally they showed a chainsaw coming through with the Gears logo and it was the Gears Pop mobile game coming next year. So you heard this big sigh from the crowd uh, and then they did Gears Tactics, but then they did Gears 5 and they showed a lot of Gears 5. And I think it, I think I said this on a prior uh, recap, but I think it, it demonstrates the um, <clears throat> additional investment at Coalition into this franchise. Gears 4 was a high budget game but it was a game that they had to make to kind of demonstrate that this new studio under microsoft could continue the gears franchise and i think they did that very successfully but gears 5 looks to take it to the next level the cinematics the uh you can just tell that polish and that level of quality is really taking it up a step and i think that uh keeping marcus in it evolving the relationship of kate and um Oh, God, why am I going blank on the son's name? I'm blank on it right now, too, except that it didn't, oh look, like him at all. didn't look like him. Yeah, he's he's obviously older. He's injured. Um, you know, we don't know the background there. We obviously know, without any spoilers, the end of Gears 4, how that ended in Kate's mother. But long story short, it looks tremendous. Uh, it's coming in 2019. They did confirm. I think that'll be the big fall game for Xbox next year. Uh, their support for the Xbox One X and PC community has been tremendous. So I, I think that's going to be a, just a huge blockbuster title next year. And being big Gears fans, um, I know we'll be all over it. Yeah, I'm not sure if I like JD that much either. JD, that's and it. That's, that's his name. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Uh, my next one is probably one of my most anticipated games uh, for the next few years, and it's uh, The Last of Us 2. So um, one thing when you watch this game, you have to wonder if that's even this generation anymore or what's happening. Uh, the emotion of the characters when they were fighting Ellie and Ellie's face and their face and when you're where you're hitting them in the body was all being actually affected in the actual game. And the potential of what this game will be is something that just has me extremely excited. Um, Last of Us 1 is if not my favorite game of all time, in the top three games of all time. So seeing that, finally seeing it played, the way they uh, announced it and showed it inside of the church was just amazing. Um, I thought it was beautiful. Um, I cannot wait for it. Please give us a launch date sometime soon. Thank you.
<laughs> Funny enough, I'm looking at my list, and the next game was Last of Us 2, and I think you literally just said everything I would have said. Um, it's one of my top three favorite games of all time. The demonstration they gave was phenomenal. The animation and just the... I don't even know how to explain it. You know, like you're just watching it and it's it's one of the first games I've felt while watching it where it truly, truly looks like those are real people on the screen. Um, just from the way they move and the combat and everything else. So absolutely blown away by it. I knew I would be. This is no surprise. Naughty Dog is a top tier studio. Everything they do is pretty much gold and last of us has been tremendous so it doesn't surprise me but uh i just cannot wait for this game and i agree with you we need a release date sooner than later yep so what's what's your actual one what's your one that since you we kind of shared it you want me to just know that was that's what i mean okay. that was my next one on my list was last of us two of the five okay. so i mean um, that's yeah it's just uh it's kind of i funny, know which but... i know what your fifth one's going to be so i'll, I'll do something different because i don't gonna think be... you do i may surprise yeah. you yeah don't be a punk don't be a punk because my next one cyberpunk so um mine was cyberpunk and it was uh we, we unfortunately did not get to get that backstage access to see the game and everything amazing we wanted it so bad not just to see the footage but the exclusive statue that don't 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 remind, me. don't remind me we, we, i kept going ains ask that guy if he'll take 100 bucks for it or you know he was like hurt that guy let's jump that multiple guy. people if they yeah. would sell their cyberpunk statue yeah they, look, they looked at us like we were crazy they're like, they're like what no stopping me that. for that i thought you're gonna tell me i had a cool shirt on or something <laughs> but uh no uh cyberpunk just looks amazing it's if it if Man, it is a close tie for me between Last of Us 2 and Cyberpunk. I'm sure you'll probably say Cyberpunk is what you're more excited for, but That's um, hard. That's it, is, hard. it is too hard. And from everything we've heard for the people that have watched it, everybody was mind blown. So um, that would be my final one, the thing that my fifth game that I was the most excited about at E3 uh, from what I saw, and um, it was fantastic. Was that game. five? Because I'm looking at four. Yeah, I, I did five on mine. I unfortunately did uh, Forza. I did Division. Oh, that's right. Resident right. Evil 2, uh, Last of Us, and then Cyberpunk. So let me go here then. Funny enough, the fourth on my list was Cyberpunk. So uh, we're right in the same vein here. It has won Game of the Show by pretty much every outlet. Um, the behind-the-scenes 50-minute-long demo of gameplay. Supposedly, and I've listened to a lot of industry insiders talk about it and describe it, it <clears throat> is so advanced that they feel like it's going to be uh, genre changing in the fact that there's just things that they saw that no game has ever done before. And that doesn't surprise me. We, we've said that. We've said if there's a game or two that are going to change the industry, it's going to be Red Dead Redemption 2 and Cyberpunk. Um, and with The Witcher 3 being the highest rated game of all time and my, I think, the greatest video game that's been designed of all time, it doesn't surprise me that CD Projekt Red is doing this. So... Super excited for it. I hope, um, and this is a separate conversation, but I hope it comes out in 2020. And the reason I say that is I, I firmly think that PS5 and Scarlet, whatever the next Xbox is, will come in 2020. And I hope that Cyberpunk is one of those games that will be on next gen, but also on like PS4 Pro and Xbox One X for the, you know, the people who stay in the current generation just because I want to be on that next generation to really experience it higher. Um, if it's not, I, I could see myself actually building a new PC to maybe experience it at its uh, max potential. Um, I'm that excited about it. So I won't harp on it. I think, um, I think the more we see that game later this year and into 2019, it's going to continue to blow people away. So that's great. Yep. One that I'll, I'll talk about <clears throat> just as a last final runner-up since... Is that five for you? Really quick? No, I've got one more. The, Go super, super quick. Mm -hmm. It surprised me. I wasn't that excited about it going into the show. We both got to play it. I was really surprised after playing it how good it felt, and that's Rage 2. Um, it felt like almost like an open-world Doom. Like It was very fast, very visceral, very violent. Uh, but it's going to have a lot of um, mechanics around, you know, open world. It's going to have vehicle uh, gameplay coming from the studio that did Mad Max. And we know that that part of Mad Max in particular was excellent. So I, I think that that game's actually going to surprise a lot of people. The Rage name doesn't hold a lot of weight. But I think that coming from ID with the shooter, you know, um, 
pedigree that they have and uh, Bethesda in general. I think Rage 2 is going to surprise a lot of people. I was really surprised by how, by how much I liked it after playing it. Yeah, I, th I thought it was fun. And for me, it was exactly what I was expecting. So I wasn't blown away by it. I think maybe I had medium standards. I think they still have some gameplay stuff to tweak out. Um, that, But it looked really pretty. They had an awesome booth. Yeah. They got ice cream at the booth, which was <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to look really cool and play really well. I hope that they tune up some stuff that I didn't care for that much, but it, it looks really cool. Uh, my final and probably should have been in my top five. Now that Give I think me about your it, honorary was, mention, honorary mention ghost of Tsushima, um, mm -hmm. only because we hadn't seen anything from it at all outside of a slight, tiny, tiny teaser. Um, I think a lot of people were blown away by just the look of it. We don't know much about the gameplay. It's been rumored that what we saw was not actual gameplay and more of, uh, a demo of what the game's going to have. Then some people have said that that is gameplay, so it's gone back and forth quite a bit. Um, some people have said that it's running on a PC, not an actual PlayStation 4. I don't know. I don't care. It just looked really cool. It looked like a lot of fun, and I hope it delivers on that old samurai feel of a game because we haven't really had one of those in a long time where it's like a traditional samurai type game where you come around outside of like Neo where the games are just too hard. So I hope this game is playable. Neo is not hard. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, no, I agree with you. I think uh, the game looked great. I hope, I think I said this before, but it would be great to have that Onimusha feel, but in an open world, you know, like current gen. So it looks to be really, really cool. So uh, my honorary mention, and this should be no surprise to anyone, is Halo Infinite. Um, it, it opened the Xbox conference. It was a trailer that harkened back, if you're a Halo fan, it harkened back to Halo CE and some of the original designs from Halo, particularly with the Warthog and Master Chief's armor. This has been spoken about by 343 specifically, and they confirm that that's what they're going for. 343 confirmed they have built an entirely new engine for this game. So over the past three years since Halo 5 has launched, they've been working on this engine, working on a redesign. They have since confirmed there's no Battle Royale in the game, uh, but this is Halo 6. It's the continuation of Master Chief's story. It's going to focus on Master Chief. It's going to be the biggest Halo game to date. Uh, it goes without saying, that's obviously one of my most anticipated titles. The only reason it really wasn't in my top five is because the trailer was really just a trailer. It was a minute and a half teaser of the engine and the world, but no real gameplay or anything else. So I know that this is going to be uh, one of my top games in the future, if not the top game in the future. But I uh, just wanted to mention that real quick. Yeah, so today is July 25th. Just mark my words, it will be a launch title in Scarlet. Okay, uh, what do you have next on the uh, agenda for <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with you, and we'll we'll talk about that in the future. But <clears throat> so the um, you know, some notable just to to finish and round out kind of the game portion of this is notable um, no shows, and there's several that came to my mind, which I'll mention. I know you had some others, so we kind of thought that due to the popularity of Spider-Man, we would see Rocksteady's Superman game on the Xbox stage. Just thinking that Microsoft may have gotten that marketing rights to kind of combat that from a uh, superhero standpoint, but no show at all. And Rocksteady actually uh, posted on Twitter and said, you know, sorry, we're working hard on the game to not be at E3, but we're, you know, we're working hard on it and, uh, you know, we'll show you in the future. So we didn't see that. We did not see the uh, Crystal Dynamics Avengers game, which was heavily rumored, you know, to be at the Ubisoft booth. We didn't see that, which was really surprising because I think we even talked about in our pre-E3 show how with the popularity of Avengers and the, the current movie and Thanos and everything that was going on, it was the perfect time to show the Avengers title. And they, we didn't see that at all. The only other thing I had, uh, just check my notes real quick. Um, what? Oh, we didn't see Metroid Prime either. So we kind of thought that Nintendo, we knew Metroid Prime's probably early in development, but we figured that even though we were going to get a lot of Smash Brothers, that they really needed to show something new, like truly new for the Switch. And we didn't see that. We didn't get Prime at all, uh, even a mention of it. So I was kind of surprised by that as well. Yeah, on the Nintendo vein, we also didn't get Bayonetta, which was a heavily right. rumored game that was supposed to be there. One for me that kind of broke my heart and was one that was one of my favorite games from Lasting Through was Last Light. 
Um, it was mm, kind of one yeah. of those ID games that uh, Microsoft had been working with the studio to kind of get out there. The first trailer's music, the look of everything blew me away last. And that's just, it's like a pixelated game. So it's not something that is graphically mind blowing. It's just the art style is beautiful. Um, so didn't even hear about that game. Uh, there was no presence at all about it. Um, the developer didn't even mention anything on social media about it. So I hope that things are going well with it, that nothing's wrong with it, and they're probably just working hard on it. That's probably all it is. Uh, Darksiders 3 was another big omission for me because it's coming out this fall, um, and there was nothing on it whatsoever. I love the first two, um, and if you had watched IGN special coverage on it a while ago, uh, they sent Alana uh, over there and they talked to the studio. It's actually here in Austin. And they spent a lot of time talking about it. So I was expecting something to be at E3, um, whether it be a demo, whether it be something about it. I mean, the game's going gold in the next month or two. So surprised nothing on it whatsoever. That was a surprise for me. Um, the other one that was heavily rumored to be there was Splinter Cell. So still no wow. Fisher. Uh, mm -hmm. We had all, this is the second E3 that we uh, predicted it would be at and that it was being worked on. And I think last E3, we said there would be a slight teaser, not an actual game that was actually there or anything. And I think we had some good hopes that we would actually see something on one of the big three stage and nothing, nothing from Ubisoft at all. Uh, last one was Titanfall 3. This was a rumor mm -hmm. that was it was supposed to be coming out. Um, and instead we had, um, what's his last name? Zapella or Zampella? Um, yeah, Zampella. Zampella was at... Uh, yeah, Vince, at, he was at the EA uh, conference, and he talked about the Star Wars game, which was one of the most uncomfortable, weird interviews at E3 I've ever seen. <laughs> so no Titanfall 3, and that was another one that has been heavily rumored. And then the last one I'll briefly touch on, which is someone, uh, a game that me and you don't really love or care anymore about. I, I literally don't give a crap about it anymore. It's Final Fantasy VII Remake. It, it, could, it could get canceled, and I'd be like, oh, oh well, at this point. Um, I really don't care anymore, but... It has been at five E3s, or it has been four or five E3s four, since, it was, yeah, since it was announced. Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't know where that game is right now. I don't know if they're in development hell, if they're restarting it. There's been rumors that they had to rebuild the game from scratch. Um, I don't know. And like I said before, I don't care. Anyways, that's it. The original wasn't any good anyway, so let's not worry about it. Um, <laughs> there's, one more, there's one more you need to talk about. It's from uh, Playground. Yeah, Fable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we thought Fable would show up. Uh, the funniest thing about that is as Phil was announcing the studio acquisitions and talked about Playground Games, he actually mentioned that they, you know, they're they're working on a, another IP right now. And it, it the whole feel of the crowd was, here it comes, here comes the Fable announcement. And he just oh, kind of moved on. And yeah. I don't know if he did that on purpose. It almost felt like he did. Um, he's not naive to these things. I think it was on purpose. Yeah, yeah, he's not naive to what people are expecting. So I thought that was kind of on purpose. But he did also allude to the fact that he said uh, there was a quote after E3, not during the conference, with a maybe Giant Bomb interview or, or one of the others. But he said they're working on something new. And the way he said it made me think that they may not be Fable. It may be a new IP. So mm. um, I don't know. I've got one more for you that um, <clears throat> that was at last E3 that a lot of people were excited for. I think it was E3. But do you remember the game Biomutant? Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people were excited about it. I was excited about it to the point that I went and pre-ordered their collector's edition on Me Amazon well. without knowing anything about it yep. on both platforms, trying to prepare which one was going to have the best version. Not even a mention at, it, of the, at E3. Yeah, it's an ambitious game. So it, it did seem kind of funny that they were um, kind of taking orders already because it just felt like that game was going to be one that needed more time. So not really surprising, but it is weird that it's kind of just disappeared. Now, from the disappearing thing, I will say, and we're getting a little off track, but real quick, and we'll talk about this more, I did get to play Below, which is a game that was announced in 2013, and we did get to play Ashen as well and speak to uh, the developer, one of the main developers on Ashen, and speak to the co-founder of Capybara Games on Below. So, um, you know, that was really interesting. I think we'll talk about that more in the future. But there were some uh, games there that, you know, uh, people have been wanting to see as well, which was pretty cool. Um, but anyway, I you know, we could probably talk about the games at E3 forever, so... I think uh, that about wraps us up. Anything else uh, you want to touch on before we close out? 
No, um, one thing is the people that we got to meet there were fantastic. We we met up with the Kingdom um, mm -hmm. Come Deliverance folks. We met up with uh, War Horse. Yeah, yeah. You know, we met up with the Jump guys. I mean, it was it was just a fantastic time. Mm -hmm. If anything, I can mention if you're planning on going E3, get some sleep ahead of time because you won't get any sleep at E3. Mm -hmm. um, wear some comfortable shoes and bring a pillow because you're gonna be waiting to play games <laughs> no you um you touched on something that i completely forgot to mention and i kind of feel bad that i didn't is that uh some of the people that we've known in the industry that we did get to meet and you just touched on them so uh rick and uh toby at warhorse studios um thank you very much for meeting us sorry we're late um la's a mess uh <laughs> Uh, the Kingdom Come Deliverance DLC from the Ashes is out now, and we got to see that ahead of time and get some B-roll and talk through it, so that was fantastic. We have a good relationship with Jump. Uh, last year, I did an interview with Anthony Palma, who is the CEO of Jump Gaming. If you haven't checked out Jump, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You need to go do that. So uh, Bert and I had lunch with Anthony and uh, talked through the future of uh, you know game streaming and game platforms and how games are delivered, and that was just tremendous. It was tremendous getting to do that. And, uh, you know, uh, Bert took a fantastic picture. If you haven't seen it yet with Major Nelson, um, I think you need to check that one out because. <laughs> so uh, Phil Spencer was right near us and, uh, you know, uh, pictures with just all kinds of people from across the industry. A bunch of the IGN folk, including Pear, who, uh, you know, co-founder of IGN and uh, just tons of people. So it was it was truly uh, a joy. And I cannot wait already until June of next year to do it again. So great. Yep, pretty much nailed it. One thing I can mention about the folks from other places is that they're extremely friendly. So I, I would expect these people to be like, leave me alone, don't talk to me. I've already taken tons of pictures today. Everybody was just like another person, um, which is really nice to see in the industry outside of Nintendo. You guys can go yourself. <laughs> well, that's one way to end. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, uh, let's go ahead and close this out. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, as always, it's great to be back. It's great to be talking about the future of games again. Uh, we'll be on a regular big cast schedule with our new uh, co-host, Dan Rodriguez, going forward on our bi-weekly bi schedule as usual. Uh, as always, you can find all of our videos on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you visit the site, we truly, truly appreciate, you know, follows on Twitter and uh, you subscribes on YouTube. They, they help us out a lot. And um, by the time this goes up as well, we are doing a giveaway. If you're really interested in Spider-Man for the PS4, we're doing a giveaway for one of the Daily Bugle newspapers that was given out at E3. So you can find that on Twitter under Season Gaming as well. But as always, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. Take care.